welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. I want you to close your eyes and talk to God, speak the language of the Holy Spirit. Father, speak to us through your word. Let your word bring illumination. Let it bring enlightenment. Let it bring understanding. Let us increase in knowledge in your word as we listen to your preaching this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm preaching on the subject, Christmas is the time to celebrate that God is for you. Christmas is the time to celebrate that God is for you. So it's the same subject as yesterday. So I focused on the for you, that phrase, for you. So God is for you. Not for them, but for you. That was why we rec- that's why we receive him as our Lord and personal Savior. So God is for you. The Bible says God is for us. If God is for us, who can be? So God is for you. So that word for you is used often in the Bible. For instance, when Jesus met people, he usually will ask them, what would you want me to do for you? It's, it's a statement that brings our attention to the interest of God. God is interested in you. He's interested in our health. He's interested in our finances. He's, God is interested in everything about us. So Jesus will meet them and say, what do you want me to do for you? Until we begin to see God as someone for us, our relationship with him will not grow. We will not have a good, intense relationship with him until we grow knowing who God is for us. Because if you don't know whether I am for you or not, you may not get close to me. Or when you are getting close to me, you are, you'll be very cautious. You will not know what is in my mind. But this morning, I'm going to emphasize with scriptures that God is for you. It means God is fighting for you. It means God is in existence because of you. It means God is working on your behalf. If God is glorious, he's glorious for you. If God is powerful, he's powerful for you. So I want you to get it this morning as I journey you through scripture that when you leave this place this morning, know very well that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Let's go to Matthew chapter 20 verse 32. The NIV version of the Bible. 
He said, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Let's look at another scripture. Mark chapter 10, verse 36. Still NIV. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Verse 51. And do you want me, or what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked them. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. So when you are facing personal attacks, you always try to look for strength. You always try to look for someone who will stand with you. And when you get to know that this person is standing with you, when you are talking to the person, you are expecting the, you are expecting the person to, to speak for you. Yes or no? Yes, because if you are talking to um, sometimes you'll be talking to someone about something, the person will speak against you. And you feel so bad that, ah, I'm talking to you. I'm expecting you to talk for me or understand from where I'm talking from. Then the person rather will turn and speak against you. In that moment, you are unsure of the person's thought on what you are talking about. But I want to let you know that when you are going through a spiritual attack, if there is no human being around you that will stand with you, I want you to know that God is standing with you. In every circumstance, Christmas is a message that says that God is for you. So no matter what you'll be going through, when you are celebrating Christmas, as Christmas is here, it is reminding us that God is for us. That's why he will leave heaven and come in the form of a human being to dwell with human beings. So that when we receive him as our Lord and personal Savior, he comes to dwell in us so that he can live with us and communicate with us. Until we come to that point, we will live, Christ, we will live our Christian life like any other religion. A religion can be made up of rules and don'ts and do's and don'ts. Christianity is more than a religion. Christianity is a deep relationship. It's a relationship with God that transcends rules and, and, and regulations. It's, it's a relationship that you have to know that God is for you. And when God is for you, it means that whatever he's going to say for you, he's going to do to you, he's going to instruct you to do, is going to be for your own benefit, not for his benefit. Are you following me? God never wishes that you mess up. It's not the wish of God that you fail. It's not the plan of God that we fail in life. It's not God's desire. No, there are human beings who want you to fail. There are some human beings. There are, are some Christians. There are some relatives who are desiring that you fail. But God does not sit in heaven and desire that you, you fail. No. It's not in his plans. And he, he, he wishes that we understand that he is not planning our downfall, but he has put in place our elevation in life. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God is not interested in frustrating you in life. 
God is never interested to spoil your happiness. The Bible said that, for I know the thought that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thought of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That is the plan that God has for us. Give me the KJ, the amplified version of that Bible. He said, for I know the thought and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thought and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. Hallelujah. So knowing that God is with you tells you that your final outcome, if you follow him, if you press on in him, if you keep loving him, if you keep praying, if you keep following and keep in the kingdom, following him and loving him, your final outcome will be far better. And it will be better than you see today. Now, if you follow God well, next year it will be better than this. If you keep following God well, five years from today, you will look at yourself and say, ah, I am an upgraded version an upgraded version of what I used to be five years ago. Hallelujah. Tell yourself I'm following Jesus. Oh, tell yourself I'm following Jesus. No one wishes the best for you than God. No one wants you to get the best of life more than God. If there is someone wishing that you live the best of life, it is definitely the Lord Jesus Christ. If God, if, if, if you ever want to think that someone is thinking well about you, nobody, your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, they cannot have the same thoughts as good as God has for you. So in this preaching I'm doing, I'm trying to paint a different picture about God to you. That God is for you. And God is deeply interested in making you, in making your final outcome in life a better one. And when you follow him, he may pass you through a lot of things. You go through a lot of things, even in your mess, even in your mistake, even in your weakness, even in your disadvantage, even in a defeat. God makes provision and says that the righteous man shall fall seven times. But he'll rise up again. He has made provision for you. When the white man builds a car or manufactures a car, they, they, now, they now add things to the car to make sure that when you have an accident with the car, the person driving shouldn't die. So you see airbags. Some of the cars can have an air, uh, airbag system that when the car crashes, airbags will surround you front and back side and side. So you'll be caught in the airbag. That is why you will not drive that small car forever. Your amen is not strong. You know, there are are some four-wheel drives. When they crash, they can never mongle. Have you seen a a, a Land Cruiser crash and become like a, a, a milk thing before? There are wild steel metals below it that is difficult for it to cross. And God made very wild provision for us. 
wild provisions. Should I show you the goodness of God? The kindness of God? The anointing of God? The glory of God? The strength of God? The help of God? The mercy of God? The, God loves us so much that he has made provision that the, when you pray, he will answer. When you fast, he will draw close. When you honor him, he will honor you. There is no other person that can give you this offer than God. And this year, I want you to understand that God is for you from this time to the end of next year. Know that God is for you. No matter what you go through, no matter what people will say about you, no matter what will happen to your business, your career life, even your health, know that God is for you. God does not want us to be afraid of him. For some of us, we are afraid of God. You must have the, we must have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord must be reverential. Reverential fear is, is deep-seated in you. It's a respect you give to God. It's a respect you give to the house of God. It's a respect you give to the work of God. It's a respect you give to the things of God. It's a reverential fear. But we must not be afraid of God. Because God has become your father. So if you become afraid of God, you cannot relate with him. Christmas is a message. I've left heaven and I've come down and I've given you myself as a gift to you. We must not be afraid of God. The unbeliever can be afraid of God. But the child of God must not be afraid of God. The child of God must love God. The child of God must draw closer to God. I'm yet to see a child who is not proud of his father. I'm not talking about a man. When you are growing, your judgment about your father changes. So the Bible, Jesus says that if any of you will be great, you should be like what? Yeah. Because when you are growing, then your judgment about... You, you, you change your judgment. You wish that your, this thing is not this. But every child is proud about their father. And God does not want us to be afraid of him. That's why he came. God. If God had come in the form of God, then we'll be afraid of him. And it will be normal. But he comes in the form of a man. In our own nature, he comes. God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. In fact, in the Bible, for 365 times, he tells us, fear not. So why should we be afraid of him? Every day in the year, there is a dosage of fear not. We must, in 2022, as we celebrate Christmas, I know you go back and continue chewing the chicken. <laughs> you go back and some of you are going to pound fufu and live soup and chicken. Some of you are going to eat cake. Your cake is there. Fanta, whatever. But in this Christmas, I bring you a message that God is for you. He wants you to run to him in your glory and in your mess. He wants you to run to him in your miracle and in your mistakes. He wants you to run to him when men are clapping for you and when men are criticizing you. He wants you to run to him when your bank account is full. And when your bank account is not full, he wants you around him. He wants us to be close to him. He wants us to relate with him. Hallelujah. 
he wants us to relate with him. None of us knows what is ahead of us in the coming year. But what we can know is that God is with us and God is for us. We, we don't know what is in January. We don't know what is in February. We don't know what is in March. We don't know what is in May. We don't know what is in November. We don't know what is in the 12 months in next year. But one thing that we should know, you have no excuse, is to know that God is with you and God is for you. Say, God is with me. And God is for me. Say, God is with me. And God is for me. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they never, I'm not sure they thought that a day will come, the king will put them on the spot. They never thought because they were in a very nice relationship with the king. The king, they were the, the pillars around the king. And the kingdom of the king was strong because of them. But one day in a particular year, they woke up and they were faced with a challenge. Maybe for some of us, in 2022, your bosses will rise against you. It's not a prophecy. <laughs> oh, but I'm praying that my, 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 my boss will love me, will, 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 have, like, will favor me. No, it could be that in 2022, your boss will rise against you. But in that state, know that God is with you. And God is for you. Yes. You don't know what will happen. We don't know how the wind will blow. We don't know how the sun will shine. But one thing that we know, if we have Christmas, if God came from heaven and became like a man to us, and like a child, which we celebrate today, we know that God is with us and God is for us. So why are we sometimes terribly afraid of God? And where does that fear come from? Why are we sometimes afraid of God? And where does that fear come from? Two sources. Number one, a guilty conscience. A guilty conscience. And number two, ignorance. A guilty conscience and ignorance. A guilty conscience and ignorance. This, these are the sources of that kind of fear. Where you are afraid of God. Anytime, you check it. Anytime you are afraid of God, it's from these two. A guilty conscience and ignorance. First John chapter 4 verse 18. First John chapter 4 verse 18. Give me the NLT version of that. Such love has no fear. So the love of God, the love in God has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fears. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. When we fully experience his perfect love and we don't walk in guilty conscience, there will never be fear in our heart towards God. 
Anytime you realize that you are afraid of something, you are like you enter into church and you think that everybody has seen what you're going to do. It's like you, 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 you are afraid. You are afraid to take communion. <laughs> Some people are afraid to take communion. They know power that mm, I can't take. They are afraid that when they take something will crush them. It's guilty conscience. Guilt makes us insecure. Guilt makes you insecure. Some people react anytime God is mentioned. Have you realized there are some people when you are chatting with them and you mention God, then they go quiet. Because they, and it, it should be normal with a man who doesn't have a relationship with God. If the person is an unbeliever and he doesn't have that personal knowledge with God, it's normal when he's afraid of God. But you as a Christian, you should have known God as your father. God is our father. God is our companion. God is our helper. God is your protector. God is your coverer. God is the light that you use to travel in darkness. God is, is your everything. How can you be afraid of him? Am I helping you? We are not celebrating Christmas just with you chicken and dance. But we need to get a deeper understanding that when Christmas is coming, it is a reminder that God is with us. And God is for us. That God will never join our enemies to fight us. He's fighting on our behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One common reason is that we all have secret sins. Say secret sins. Yeah. One of the reasons that leads to guilty conscience is that you have a secret sin that nobody knows. <laughs> Stop making your face like angels. There is something between you, your war, and your God. <laughs> There's something between you and your mobile phone and your God. There, everybody has a secret sin, hidden sin, and we all feel ashamed of them. So in that shamefulness, we fear to approach God. I will show you. We fear to approach God. But Christmas is a reminder that God is for you. In your mess, in your miracle, in your mega life, in whatever, whatever level you will be in life, you have to remember that God is for you. Because whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we could not give anything to God, when we didn't know how to pray in Jesus' name, when we didn't know how to have an intention to work for God, God came down, he loved us, and came to die for us. Hallelujah. And because we all have hidden sins and unconfessed sins and sins that are hidden, we are unsure of God's mind towards us. It's like God is hiding behind the window ready to throw an arrow at us. 
So we approach God in a, in, in, in a state of fear. When your sin drives you away from God, the devil is about to destroy you. But when you fall into sin, Christmas is showing us that God gave us a beautiful gift to make us aware that he is for us. No level of sin has the power to deny you access to the mercy of God. So God is saying, I am for you. You have done that, but I'm still for you. I'm fighting for you. I can mend you. I can repair you. I will still use you. Are you here? I will still use you. I will still make you. I will still make you that man I have decided to make you. I have not changed my mind. So don't change your mind about what you believe in me. Because what will stop the miracle is not me. It's not God. It's you. And the miracle will be more powerful. The testimony will be more powerful. That he fell, he got wounded, he got damaged, but God still picked him up. Repaired him and still used him. That is the message of Christmas. Hallelujah. That is the message of Christmas. Like Adam. Adam went off. He did what God said, don't do. And when he heard God come, what did he do? He couldn't approach God. And that is what we always find ourselves in. But God wants us to approach him, whether we are dirty or whether we are clean. He wants us to approach him. One day, the high priest Joshua was ministering in, in, he was as a priest. But his garment was defiled. God ordered the angel to remove the defiled garment and put a new one on because the priesthood assignment must continue. Are you here? So God, Adam saw God and went to hide. So when God came, he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam's answer will let you know that God was not talking about location, but God was talking about position. Say, it's not location, but a position. So Adam said, I thought you'd be following me. Adam said, I heard your voice and I was what? Afraid. And that is what happens to us. The sense of guilt. Because you did what God told you not to do. You have a sense of guilt and when God is coming... God is approaching you. You are running away. But God said in your mess, when you see me coming, come to me. I will cleanse you. I will remold you. I will remake you. I will restore the damages. And I will still use you for my own glory. Hallelujah. He said, and he said, I heard that voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. I was afraid. May we not be afraid of God. I said, may we not be afraid of God. May you never be afraid of God. May you honor God. May you have the fear of God. But never be afraid of God. 
He is not in to destroy you. If he was in to destroy us, when we go low, he will be low. But God does not move with our temperature. He is unchangeable. He is the unchanging, he doesn't change. So your mood does not change him. Sometimes we think that it is our mood that changes God. No. <laughs> when you are crying, you think God is crying. When you are broke, you think God, you see, and that is why you can't pray. Because somewhere, somehow, you think that as you are broke, God too is broke. <laughs> and you are thinking that as I am broke, you are using your feeling to estimate the state of God. No. God is unchanging. He doesn't change. He's ever faithful. He's still the owner of silver and gold. He's still the miracle worker. He's still the healer. To you, they told you the medical condition is incurable. Then it breaks you down. It doesn't break God. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. God does not change. So, you benefit if you relate more with him. He does not change. His mood does. You, 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 you can go broke. You can go sick. God doesn't forsake. God doesn't have an hospital. Who, which hospital can treat God? <laughs> say you're a nurse. You're in the hospital and they say we have a patient and it's God. Which security man will allow him in the gate? So God does, he doesn't change. His own, if God changes, then we'll have a problem. We cannot, he cannot be reliable again. Yeah, if God changes, then, then we cannot, he cannot be trusted. So he said that they that trust in the arm of flesh is what? It's scarce for you to trust in the arm of flesh. But they that trust in the Lord, they shall be like Mount Zion because he himself is Mount Zion. He does not change. He's unmovable. He's unchangeable. May you begin to see God in a different way. May you begin to relate with God so that, you see, I, I, I have seen that Christians come closer to God when they feel strength. When they feel they are strong, then they come closer to God. Hello? When there's money in your pocket, then you are happy. Then you are giving. When everything is fine, your wedding has happened, you're full of tears. Um, you are, you are full of laughter, joy. Naming ceremony, you are happy. Your promotion has come. You've gotten a job. And you see that that is when such a person will be encouraging people to serve God. Oh, God is good. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, my God is faithful. He has been kind to me. But this same person, let that person go through trials and, and, and go and talk to the person. The person will start saying some things. I have to start thinking about myself and have my own strategies and, and do that and do that. I said, but you are the one who was praising God. So we relate with God by our feelings. And that is where we miss him. Christmas is saying, my God does not change. My God is unchangeable. And let this message be with you forever. Amen and amen. Let me add this and I close. God 
Let me say this and write it down to help you. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you at all. God is not mad at you. If God was mad at you, you wouldn't see today. God is not, say to yourself, God is not mad at me. John chapter 3 verse 17, NLT version. But God, or God sent his son into the world. Not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So God is not in this world looking like an invigilator or an IGP looking at you and waiting for you to make a mistake to punish you. He's rather looking, he has set angels charge over you that even when you are going to fall, they are rather to pick you up so that you don't fall. So God is not chasing you to judge you. He's chasing you so that he can love you. That song, I'm trying to remember. Mountain you climb up, coming after me. So he's He's following you with a strong love so that you don't destroy yourself. Your outcome is very important to him. So in Christmas, we look intensely to the message of the deep love of God for us. Deep love of God. Deep love of God. Not just shadow. People love you because of the things you do for them. The day you stop doing what you are doing for them, they will start hating you. But God is not like that. Even if you don't tithe to him, he's still faithful. Even if you don't give towards his work, he's still faithful. Your, your activity does not define him. Are you here? Our activity does not define God. God is God. He tells us that he's faithful. When you follow him, you get more of him. You get to know more of him. And you get to know that it is better to follow God than to follow any other thing. I thought you would give God a clap in the house. Jesus will always rub out your mistakes. He will erase your mistakes in order to bring out his strength in us. He met a woman of adultery and when he met, the people wanted to stone her. He canceled the debt. He said, ah, which of you? Which, I was watching the a very nice video, a very short clip. And uh, this guy, um, a certain man was chasing the sister. Okay. And uh, he got angry, held the sister, and went to face the man. Why are you stop worrying my sister? Blah, 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 blah. As he was talking, then his hand, something, he went into his pocket, and some things fell. Plenty CDs fell. <laughs> they are children, so I didn't want to mention. Plenty CDs fell. You know CDs. Do you know CDs? Lucy. You know CDs. Eh? It's, it's not a Nathaniel Bassett CD. Plenty. So the guy was standing there. Then he said, ah, you? No. God is not 
looking for your mistakes to destroy you. He's looking for you to help you out of your mistakes. That is Christmas. He sent his only begotten son that our mistakes, our sins, our errors, our iniquities and transgressions will be swallowed up by the blood of his son. That is the message of Christmas. That is why we celebrate it. Don't celebrate Christmas. It's a blessing. It's the great. You celebrate when you build your house. You celebrate when you give birth to your child. If you don't celebrate Christmas, if you don't celebrate the coming of the Lord, the birth of Christ, you don't celebrate this gift that God gave us, then you have not done any correct celebration in your life. Because you actually begin to live the day you become born again. And how did you become born again? When you accepted this Christ, this gift. May you learn to celebrate Christmas. May you have a budget. Are you here? May you have a budget to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, you budget for your birthdays. Yes, you budget for your holidays. Budget for Christmas. And be in a celebrating mood. Because it's a good news. The Bible said when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. You are celebrating Christmas and there's nothing joyful about you. You are living like normal, like crazy. If unbelievers are doing that, even they cry, they even celebrate it more than us. It is because of us Christ came. And we were dead in our sins. But Jesus came. We have to celebrate him. We have to have budget to celebrate. Make decorations. It's not waste of money. It's a message. We are preaching to the world. Make decorations. Ah, I didn't do much because of these kids. Those were them. You see. When somebody is passing by your house, you should see that you are celebrating Christmas. Yes. Yeah. We must celebrate the king of kings. We must celebrate him. We have, we have um, kings and chiefs celebrating 10 years of rulership, 5 years. Even Ghana, you celebrate Independence Day. You celebrate. Let's celebrate our king. Have a budget, I repeat. Spend it. Decorate. Get gifts for your friends. Why are we happy? It's not because Ghana has won World Cup. If Ghana wins World Cup, some of you will do neighborhood party. And Jesus' birthday. Jesus comes to the world for you and I. And so many theories has come. There. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't. Christmas is paganic. Christmas is evil. Christmas. Oh, we like it. It's okay. It's okay. If Muslims are wishing you Merry Christmas, if Hindus are wishing you Merry Christmas, and you Christian, you have a problem. Christmas is about who? Christ. It's about Christ. Period. If you want to know the story, it's just because the empire put the celebration at the time of a paganic festival. So let's say, let's we come to Ghana. 
Homowo is one of the biggest festivals or Ogbetutu or whatever. Then this group of people start knowing God. Then a king amongst them becomes born again. And he has the power to give orders. Do you understand? He has the power to give orders. They say, okay, we have this festival at the end of the year. That is more worldly chilling, whatever, partying, to confuse the people and to magnify Christ on the land. Me, I have sanctioned. We celebrate Christmas at this time. So they celebrate Christmas and it has run through the generations. What is your problem? Do you know the birth date of Christ? Bring it, we will celebrate. Simple. Ask for the celebration, we will do it. We will wait for you to bring the date. And you see, it is, I was telling some people this morning that God intentionally did it like that. That people will be, uh, because we say, this time shepherds don't keep their flock because there's a lot of snow and cold. I mean, you don't expose the flock. So it's not in December. It is somewhere in March, April, Easter. Fine. We don't have a problem. Bring the date. And the reason the date is uh, this thing is because Christ is fully man and Christ is fully God. Do you know the birthday of God? So, I mean, he's fully God, he's fully man. So, if you don't know the birthday of God, come, you come and tell us, oh, no, you know, the birthday of Christ is 13th July. We will do the celebration. But what I'm saying this morning is that in Christmas, know that God is for you. Have a better relationship with him. When you err, go to him. When David err, David's own is different from Adam. Adam ran away. David went to God. And he said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy. You see, that joy is very important. It is the reason why most of you have backslided. You have lost that joy. That's why David had to pray. It looks a very simple prayer. But that joy is what keeps you in the kingdom of God. That joy is what keeps you following hard after God. That joy is what keeps you working for God at a very optimal level. Because there is a joy that money cannot buy. And when you start losing that joy, you start losing your reverential fear for God. And your genuine love for God. So when you walk in the mess and you remember Christmas, go to God and pray. Because in every mess, your joy of the Lord is taken. In every iniquity, the joy of the Lord diminishes in you. In every sin, you feel it in you that something has left you. So David runs to him. In the day of Christmas, you are being reminded. You are being reminded that it is because of you that Christ came. Don't run away from him. Run towards him. He came to erase all your sins, your mistakes, your failures, your guilt, your regrets. He came to erase all away. There are many regrets we are all walking in, but Jesus came to erase all away. Jesus came to save us. 
and not to scare us. Tell yourself, Jesus came to save me and not to scare me. Say, Jesus came to save me and not to scare me. Lastly, say, Jesus came to save me and never to scare me. This is the reason for the season. Give the Lord a clap offering somebody. I want you to close your eyes and pray to God. That Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want to follow hard after you. I want to honor you in my life. I want to be more like you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sparing our lives. Thank you for taking away our sins away. Thank you for being our guiding light. Thank you for being our protector. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you for fighting our battles for us. Thank you for keeping us in the vineyard. Thank you for planting our feet in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the life of purity and holiness. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for redeeming us, Lord. We thank you for the strength you bestowed on us. We thank you, oh God, for the redeeming grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. For you did not come into the world to judge us, but you came into the world to save us. We see you differently this morning. We see you differently, Lord. We use Christmas to remind ourselves of your love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering someone. So in 2022, I want you to get closer to your father and get closer to him through his word, through prayer, through fasting, through corporate prayer, corporate fellowship. You see, when you see God well, you won't see yourself as independent person. And one of the things that is affecting the church today are independent Christians. They destroy the church. They destroy the bond of fellowship. They destroy, because Jesus said that I am building my church. So be careful of messages that will make you independent. Immediately you become independent is the first step of something. Is the first step where you start hearing many things. It's the first step of isolating yourself. Immediately you start isolating yourself, you start hearing other voices. Are you here with me? The church in the New Testament is an assembly. The church in the New Testament is the body. So be careful not to become an independent Christian. God has no independent children. Every child of God is connected to the next child of God. So you may be a basis, but you are connected to the drama. That is why before you play, you look at each other and you do one, two, three, bam, then you can get a rhythm. So let's be careful in 2022 that we don't become independent Christians. Because when you become independent Christian, you start falling. You will fall. And you will fall very deep. And nobody picks you up. So in Revelation, Jesus came to the churches. He came to them because they were not, in, they were not independent. So they were favored to have a visitation from Christ. And Christ gave them a message. Be careful 
not to become an independent Christian. There are some messages that when you listen to them, you can become very independent Christian. And that begins the spirit of pride that begins to build in you. You see your brother and you think you are more spiritual than him. You see your sister. You, and that is not the spirit of Christ. Amen? Yeah, that's not the spirit of Christ. When you start seeing your sister and you think that you pray more, you fast more, you are becoming more deep in the word. You are becoming puffed up. Yesterday I was chatting with a pastor. He was sending me messages and he was mentioning, I said, oh, a lot of them are in town. But the flock must be protected. And we'll keep speaking the truth until the flock becomes obedient to God's word and grow together. And then the church can become strong. Roses of Sharon, intercessors, um, media. This is a word to all of us that we must grow together. Whatever, we must grow together. Don't become puffed up. Don't become too no, don't don't become too knowledgeable. Like small revelation you've gotten there now. No, that is not the spirit of Christ. In the spirit of Christ, we share, we love, we connect. God came to connect with us. We were not his level. Are you here? We were not the level of God at all. God could have decided to. He created the universe and man has fallen, so man should live his life and if yes, but God could have created another badge of human beings. But he looked at us and said, I'm coming down to be like them, to save them. May you have a very, very great 2022. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.